Well, good morning, everyone. Darren Saul, your host of Playing With Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast, episode 167. And I have the dynamic duo, Michael Lobb and David Camus in the house. Hey, Ray. How are you doing, boys? <laughs> well, hi. <laughs> Normally, it's us on the other end of this uh, conversation, so we're. I'm, I'm, I was going to say welcome, but <laughs> yeah. have you ever yeah, been called the dynamic duo before? That's a wonderful dynamic statement. duo. I love it, and yes, um, that's how I met these gentlemen. They very politely uh, interviewed me and asked me to come on their podcast about a month ago, and so I uh, politely returned the favour. And I'm looking forward to a fantastic chat. And today we're going to be chatting all about some of our favourite topics, technology, AI, remote work, and more. But before we do, I thought I'd give everybody a little bit of an intro into who Michael and David are. So Michael Lobb, the Managing Director and Problem Solver at Teams Cal. He has 25 years of experience as a technology leader, working across multiple industries, including finance, consulting, healthcare, and technology. Famous for telling too many dad jokes and enjoys spending time with his two dogs, Chappie and Pocky. Chappie, Pocky. <laughs> David Camus, known for problem-solving multi-stakeholder complex issues and delivering integrated business transformations for Commonwealth and state entities. He has worked with autonomous system integration programs and autonomous vehicles, AI robotics, and deep learning trials. My God, I, I almost can't even speak. I can't even say, say those words. Yeah, what are those That's words actually mean? Words. There's <laughs> a lot of buzzwords there. Where, where did you get that from? He's oh, a professional welcome. PowerPoint guy. <laughs> Absolutely. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for you. having us. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having us. We're, uh, we're looking awesome intro. Uh, Love to know. I might write that down. It sounded really good. Yeah, you can know it. You can plagiarize it to your heart's content. <laughs> But um, I thought, guys, it'd be great to just kind of one by one, just have a little bit of a chat about your backgrounds and your journey um, individually, and then how you met each other, how you became this dynamic duo mm. that always doing this great stuff together, podcasting. Mm. So let's start with Michael, and then yeah, we'll okay. move on to David. So I, I'm originally from uh, New Zealand. I grew up there and uh, spent some time working there before moving to Australia around 2000. Nice. Um, and the first major job I had in Australia was actually working with David at a uh, healthcare provider. Wow, it was love at first sight. Uh, well, uh, it was it was uh, let's get on with let's get on with it and get some <laughs> get some stuff done. Right. Um, and we spent a lot of time after that uh, just working on different ideas and things like uh, in technology, outside of technology as well. Um, my Last 10 years has been a bit of a whirlwind. Uh, I was I was working for some pretty large companies and decided, you know what, I want a bit of a bit of time to get my hands dirty. And so I started working um, with a company here on the Gold Coast and then moved on to consulting for myself and doing working with a lot of different clients in different industries. And that has been uh, an amazing eye-opener for the breadth of uh of experience that you can gain by working with different clients. Yeah. Um, and these days I'm, um, yeah, as you said in the intro, I, I'm living on the Gold Coast. I'm working hard. I'm not playing as hard as I used to because as you get older, that sort of, that, that changes and yeah. more, more walking with the dogs than it is going out drinking. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I guess my interests vary in terms of uh technology i you know obviously i love technology but i've also been playing music since i was 15 and wow. been working in the music industry for various uh in various roles um and yeah there's 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 a lot of stuff going on at the moment um in both industries and i'm finding ways to merge those at the moment so yeah we're oh, that's fantastic. lots when of can, different things you can do that that's you know that's the nirvana when you can merge all your passions together and yeah. uh, make some money out of it. Wow, you can't oh, yeah. get any better than that. Definitely. Well done. Awesome. And David, tell us a bit about you and how you met this uh, this gentleman over here. Oh, well, there's a lot of secrets there. No, I'm old. I, I started out at uni where there was only six computers in the whole university. Um, oh, boy. So 
that goes back a few years. And I moved, I had many wonderful careers going through. Well, I was a building engineer to start with, uh, then a building surveyor. And I came, uh, came back to Australia um, in the 80s. And I did a number of roles working for other people. Yep. And in the late 90s, mid to late 90s, we, oh, I met Michael. I think I was the... I ended up as the manager of information services at a, a large healthcare provider. Oh, and Michael came in. Were you there before me or after? I can't remember now. Uh, after you, you were there first. Oh, okay. And I know that you left at one point and then went running after you and asked you to come back. Because yeah, yeah. if there's somebody that you, you need around you, it's someone who says, David, you know too much to be dangerous so just leave it alone <laughs> Fantastic. yeah i think i think one thing that's always plagued me is being a little too blunt and sometimes that doesn't work with david it does so yeah I'm... yeah it works with me i like to be told exactly how it is but no we i i learned how to bring down systems very quickly by mistake and uh even though <laughs> and since then we've had an awesome business career going through many, many different consulting agencies. And I've now developed One Bright Cloud, which is a consulting agency looking after all those incredible sexy things that you were talking about a second ago. Yeah. But mainly we just do a, a whole load of big business and looking at cloud technologies and how to connect it all and see if we, we, we learn as we go through. And Michael, high-end development and all those capabilities to get together and we connect it through some sort of technology and somehow at the end of the day it just works sometimes it doesn't and about two years ago we both decided you know what let's do a podcast (laughs) so our podcast nerds out of water which uh you will you're kindly you kindly uh um, agreed to be on is um has been going for nearly two years now um we we're not as prolific as you we try to release one every at least every month but you know we, i think that what we like to talk about is uh the same as you get get into the nitty-gritty of stuff and yeah. find out about people and what they're doing in the technology industry and you know it's, it's really it's i think it's going well so far yeah it's fireside chats we yeah. just like fireside chats fireside chats without the fire <laughs> yeah a bit warm but- yeah, but no, your podcast is fantastic. It's got a lot of energy. You got some great guests, and um, you know it's it's great to have sometimes two hosts of a podcast because you bounce off each other and you create a different environment than just one host. So you know it's really really um, entertaining and very insightful Thanks. as well. Thank so, you. Um, yeah. So guys, um, let's chat about technology because obviously it's a topic that we all share. But I'm going to throw this one first to David uh, because he's such a tech head. Um, you know, technology is moving so fast. We're utilizing tech more and more and more. How do we make sure that we stay in control of it rather than it controlling us? That's a really, really good question because if you think about technology right at this present time, you, you almost jump into video conferencing and uh, we need to talk to somebody. And I, I, I just I go back another step and I look at the laptops and the desktops and the remote working capabilities that we've got nowadays. And 11-year-olds can just step into this whole thing. But technology is part of our lives. Every day, every year, um, and something new is coming out for us to play with, whether it be a a new capability, a new technology, a new idea of laying to uh, how how we can utilise AI. And we need to really look at how AI in the future will be used because it's great playing with it now in the present, but walking, reading, thinking, they're the fundamentals of humans. Definitely. Moving on to robotics and automation are just ways of making our lives easier. Mm -hmm. And if we are ill-prepared, which many people say we are very, very ill-prepared, I think even Musk has said this, for future capabilities, and the super intelligence that will be coming in the next five to 10 years, wow. it can be disastrous. So we need to look at, we need to ask AI often, why are they making these decisions? So we need to ask AI, mm-hmm. 
why are they making these decisions? Because we need to understand the complexities around the decision making. Gotcha, gotcha. In, in, yeah. in other words, not letting the, not letting AI control all the decisions and not allowing us to interpret or reflect yes, on what's actually yes. happening. Yeah, because it's great to let AI make these decisions, and but looking at how AI is going to be doing so many things in the future mm-hmm. it, it's really important to understand how we've um, how we've trained it. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose also you know it's also about allowing us as human beings, as you mentioned, to still interact and behave like human beings and mm. do what human beings are meant to do and not allow us to hide behind AI or just get swept up in this world. And then we almost become like islands and we don't talk to anybody. We don't see anybody. We don't communicate with anybody. And these computers are just running our, our lives. That's right. Yeah. And um, Michael sent me a, a link to Coded Bias the other day, which is something I had already um, seen part of. And that's the journey of Joy, um, I don't remember her name, Joy Bulawami. Um, and she, she went into the depths of the how AI is trained and showed that there is, it's trained predominantly by male, pale-skinned people. Right. And coloured skins is a problem. And AI can't, uh, can't understand what coloured skins is with, with, with photogenic um, capabilities. Oh so we need to look at how we're training them. And even the recent cyber attacks, um, we're training or somebody has trained those cyber attacks to happen. And if you think about those cyber attacks, they, have, they don't attack Russian language machines. <laughs> Very interesting how we can train AI to do something, but unless you know how it's trained, you don't get the feedback. Michael, what do you think? My God, Michael, yeah, what's your take on all this? I I'm one of the people who thinks as as any kind of technology, it's it's neutral. Everything is it's neutral. It's how we plan to use it or how we don't plan to use it. And often if we don't plan, things happen and they're out of our control. If we do plan, then they're in our control. And I, you know, I agree with what David said. I don't think we're prepared for the super intelligence that's coming out of technology in the near, near to mid, mid um, time frame. So I, I'd like to sort of, uh, you know, get on top of that, which is why I, why I like to stay on top of technology and why I like to understand what's happening. Um, even so, it's getting away. You know, we, I, I don't know. I don't know half the stuff that my nephew would know, for example, and he's, you know, he's, he's just turned 21. So it's, it's really hard to keep up with what's, what's happening in the world of technology when at the, at the base of it, I'm involved in business technology. So, you know, it's not world technology or not life-saving technology. It's just business technology. So, um, and then of course there's the social part of that, which David touched on where we do lose touch um, you know, I, and we'll probably come to this later, but the, you know, the working from home thing is isolated a lot of us mm-hmm. in my, in my case, I, I enjoy working on my own. I enjoy being on my own, but there are times when you want that company and you want to be in the company of somebody else. So the technology facilitates that through chat or through video calls. And, you know, we're even adding non, um, non-verbal communication into our chats now with emoticons and emojis and you know you can even (laughs) you can even do things like if uh, someone's going over overboard visually which is you know it it, it's really it's really good where we have those indicators to tell us hey michael you've been talking for too long move on and in written written communication or in in chat communication you don't have that sort of uh you know gentle nudge yeah, yeah. And it's a bit of a paradox in a way that in this last few years of, you know, what's happened in the world, technology has saved us in a way. We are, we are mm. able to talk to each other and communicate with each other through Zoom and do all these things. Mm. Can you imagine if this happened 20 years ago? Yeah, I know. Yeah. My God. Could you imagine it? That's right. Wow. The infrastructure I, I, wouldn't cope for one. I think the 11 and 12-year-olds are so much better than doing um, video remote working and re- video conferencing than anybody else. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's crazy. 
So it's, you know, it's, it's such an interesting, like technology is, and is such an interesting balance, the advancement of technology versus how we stay human and how we be true to who we are as a species. Fascinating yeah. balance, but I suppose yeah. you've got to keep an eye on it. And if you think about AI and how it's trained, and this is what I'm trying to explain to some technologists and board members. So if I train, one person trains AI to make decisions, yep. all of the training will be about how I think. True. So if you have 100 people, then you've got a list of 100. Now 10,000 people's worth. Now you're starting to think that there are multiple ways and AI can learn that different people or different ideas have different solutions. But unless the geographic is even farther spread than that, right. the, AI, the AI is still very trained to that one set of people. Yeah, so it's very subjective. Hmm. And so what does that mean? Does that mean eventually it might give us, if it has enough of a cross-section of influences, it might give us a choice? Hopefully, hopefully, because <laughs> at the moment AI is very around the university group of people and all the training is around those, how do you put it, all the libraries that you can pull the decision-making from yeah. are all based, they all go back to libraries that have, have happened through universities and a university sector is only one sector of knowledge. Mm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. But you, you take that back for a second and I don't mean to get existential here, but a human from childhood only has a certain number of influences across their, their learning from when they're a child to when they're an adult, an adult, um, you know, that they read books, they, they've got their parents, they've got their family, they've got their, you know, their friends that they meet at school, their teachers and all of that. And that trains them how to be a person. And, you know, I, I know that there's probably a, a level of inbuilt personality when we're born, but there is a lot of training that goes on as well. So, you know, for me, I, I, I think that AI having too many inputs may actually reduce their individuality and having individuals to deal with could be difficult because of the power that we're putting uh, on AI or the, the power that we're giving AI to make decisions in our lives. Yeah. And, and sometimes too much choice or too much influence is actually overkill. It's too yeah. much. We, we, we don't know where to start. It was too confusing. Yeah. I, I know if there's a menu with more than three items on it yeah. at a restaurant, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go, what the, what? I'll just close my eyes and pick one. <laughs> Where's the chicken? Actually, that, that's so funny because I just hand it to Alicia and go, could you choose from me? <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, in terms of, you know, where do you think AI is going? I mean, that's an interesting one. And just for the layman in terms of, you know, how we live our general lives, is it all going to be voice? Is it going to be something else? Is it going to be holograms? Where is it going? What do you see in the next five, 10 years? Want to go, Michael, or shall I? You go first. <laughs> yeah, look, I, 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 you, you'll, you'll be surprised how much AI is happening already and how much it's in our lives without even thinking about it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be voice or visual or AR or VR or anything. It's just a, it, it's a, it's a, at the moment, it's a decision-making unit that may be deciding um, a very specific thing or different paths to take with a very specific thing. Um, as that expands, I, I think that we're going to move into the territory where we do get individual AIs that um, have their own personalities and can make decisions on multiple things. Um, and in the very distant future, I mean, you know, there's a, um, there's a really great author out there who writes a series of stories about the culture, not um, the, this, you know, distant future of, of humanity where the ships that are all, um, AIs and have their own personality and they are individuals and they name themselves and they've been around for yeah. millennia. So they, they have all this experience from all of the people that they run into and, and they're getting to the point where they're actually a little bit eccentric because they've got so much knowledge and they just don't know what to do with it. So, you know, I don't know about the medium future, but the very distant future, that's the kind of, that's where I think it's going. It's almost <laughs> like a science fiction film. What was that grumpy computer called? on 
finished at Blake 7. The Hitchhiker's no. Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the Grumpy Computer. <laughs> yep, I've got my own... And what, about, what about you, David? What about, you, Dave? what about you, David? Yeah, you what do think, you think? You probably have a you probably have a shorter, like you know, a more close term. I won't say shorter, oh. but closer term. I fully agree. AI is all around us. If we look at autonomous cars in um, Australia, we have very few autonomous vehicles. We believe, except I press my button, the car parks itself. I press another button, and I've got the lane assist. I press another one, and I've got got adaptive cruise control. These are all ways AI is coming into our, our um, capabilities. And, um, oh, what's that in the background now? That's my little robotic vacuum cleaner that sends <laughs> me a message on my phone that tells me exactly where it's cleaned and if it's got stuck or if it's full. Oh, and it's wow. wonderful. It just goes oh. off every day. And it's one of my favorite toys. Do you uh, have, uh, do you have uh, your lighting and everything, and your, your fridge and your um, heating all controlled by AI already or not yet? No, I'm, I'm, I can see how dangerous external connectivity is. Yeah. And a lot of my house is not connected. Yeah. Um, but I do have two networks. I have a network where I have an outside connectivity and a yeah. network where it's just internal connectivity because I, I like to have an air break between them. Yeah. Is that because um, of security? That's because of security, yeah. Because uh, I work a lot with AI in... Um, injected code and malicious code finding, so cybersecurity and understanding how cyber attacks are going to happen. Yes. Um, and if you look at how how some things are happening at the moment, um, you know, we look at deep fake. Deep fake is the ability for AI to mimic either an image and turn that image into a video, or take a video, then overlay it with somebody else's words. So, am I real? You, you wouldn't know right now whether I'm real or not. Actually, that's Michael right. would because he knows that, what an idiot I am. But uh, <laughs> I mean, and that's a really good point. With deepfakes coming on like that, you know, you, you can clone a person's voice to a degree with, you know, we all do podcasts. There's enough of us out there to be able to learn our voices, right? Yeah. And also our faces because, you know, we're doing a lot of video calls. So in theory, we've got to have something real to latch on to to say are you david right. and you know if if you're if you know how did we spend your 40th birthday mm. <laughs> ai is not going to know that <laughs> that's right that's right but i suppose if you've done enough um episodes ai can already understand how you might respond to certain mm. subject matter yeah. and it will just answer the question for you and it'll be pretty close exactly this is what we we're saying, saying a minute ago ai oh, taking boy. over podcasting but it would be deep fake podcasting so what do they call that deep fake is it deep Deep fake f-a-k-e it's way that a image can be turned into a video and then you or or videos and the uh, the algorithms behind it you can type in the words you want it to say or you can even speak the words you want it to say and the deep fake image will say it exactly in the voice of that person who it's copying Amazing capability. So facial recognition isn't suitable on its own. Very interesting that how facial recognition is now becoming a, almost going to be something of the past and we haven't even got into it yet. And and this is fascinating from a marketing point of view, because a lot of Mm. people these days, for example, you know, we're always struggling to put together content and get our marketing content out there. We can just get AI, press a button and do it all for us. It'll do yep. a video for me. Yep. I'll just say, do a video about that. Do a video about that. Yep. Put some content together about that. And it'll yep. just do it for me. My God. It, potentially, yeah. That's crazy. And, and what's fascinating to me is how the how these deep fakes work and whether it's voice or video, they generate a fake version and then they test that against a um, against a recognition pattern that says is this fake or not and they do that millions of times until the until it can't determine that it's fake wow so the more effort we put into determining that it's fake the better it gets the better it gets and oh wow how you know when we're accelerating so fast (laughs) because yeah and so when how long do you think before this stuff really becomes you know mainstream in what we do every day for our work and our, our life, this deep fake stuff. 
what you were talking about uh, two minutes ago with uh, ad, with marketing, where it comes up with a script and presents it for you, that's available now. Already? Already. Oh, my God. Uh, is it good? <laughs> yeah. Um, Adobe, a few years ago at one of their conferences, announced a platform that could generate your voice based on, you know, 10 hours of learning. Wow. Uh, they they bought that uh, package out and then suddenly it disappeared off the shelf because it was like, hang on a minute, we, we might be going too far with this. So right. this wasn't, wasn't right yet. Wasn't the right time. But wow. yeah, the, this, this sort of stuff is coming out now and, you know, it's, it's like anything. It's, it's not good, not great now, but it will be. Yeah, it's got a first generation. Yep. Yeah. But there are supercomputers that are making it incredible and that's where it becomes dangerous because you have um malicious intended people who are who have the access to this sort of thing who are now dispersing the information so you see me on the news broadcast um saying the bad good and the evil and but it might not be me yeah, that's right. Probably will be, but um, <laughs> or or you or David gets a phone call from me saying, "Hey, David, I'm I'm in uh, Sydney at the moment, and I desperately need some money. Can you send me some money to this bank account?" Yeah, and David recognizes my voice and goes, "Oh, sure. Are you okay?" Oh, and the algorithm goes, "Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just in a bit of a panic at the moment. Oh my, God. I got to go." And hangs up, and because it knows what, and this is this is real stuff that's dangerous. happening, and people are getting scammed by it. So, yeah. I mean, you know, you know, I'm, I'm the treasurer of yeah. uh, of Scal, which is a very large travel agency um, group, and you, I get emails every day from the chair saying, "I need you to transfer money." But they are all fake emails, and I can see they're fake emails because if you delve into them, you've got the you've got the incorrect email addresses. I agree. Yeah, and that's 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 the old school way of doing what Michael just said then about a phone call, a deep yeah. fake phone call. As soon as AI really kicks in and does it for you, it's going to be very hard to distinguish what's real and what's not. And it is. Right. Get, we're going to get scammed left, right, and center. But then Sorry, I, suppose... I had somebody else who wanted to come oh, on the podcast. Fantastic. Hello. Hey, Soxy. Soxy's meowing all around me. Why not? Love it. And, but I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, it's this, it's becoming a real problem. All this scamming, I'm getting SMSs, emails constantly. And I can tell, as you say, because the email address is incorrect or it's, it's sent to my wrong email address where it's meant to be registered. And then I know, oh, that's just a scam. But it's becoming so um, at the forefront of everything we do. And I get bombarded with it. And my day is so busy as well. That sometimes you might just have a little glitch in your thinking yeah. and you don't have the time to really analyze and you might press a button yep. and you've just got hit and yep. it's just becoming ridiculous. Your Telstra payment has been declined. Telstra. Yep. Oh, I only paid that the other day. Oh, click. Yep. Bang. Takes you to the Telstra website, but on the way to the Telstra website, it has just picked up all your details. Oh, oh. It's becoming so scary. But then again, maybe will AI develop, will there be some kind of AI based tool that will protect us in terms of security from that. Yeah, there will be. And then the, then the same thing will happen that the tools that learn how to detect it will be used to generate better fakes. Yeah. yeah. So it's almost like what we're finding with the AI, with the code, yep. and with, with malicious yeah. code finding and injected code. It's almost like uh, cybersecurity, you know, it's your thing. Yep. You know, you get hackers, you get on both sides, you've got the brilliant programmers and then you've got the hackers yep. and they're both kind of on one on opposing sides yeah and everybody's at this race to outdo the other and, yep. and, and it's it's red team blue team you've got one who's yeah. trying to defend and one true one who's trying to attack and you yeah. just keep the guns just kept getting bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger <laughs> and the hackers are brilliant coders and they there's no ifs or buts hackers sure. are incredible coders and they're, that's why you try and yeah. why you try and bring them across the side and yeah. change their color bring them from the dark side <laughs> into the light Absolutely. It's crazy stuff. Oh my God. I mean, where, where does it all end? Wow. And, and what about in terms of um, business? Do you see, you know, where do you see it as a, a real benefit for business AI? I, I see AI becoming, it is a benefit right now. You know, we're using in its simplest forms, uh, businesses are using the algorithms to look at Google AdWords, yep. Facebook, you know, all of this has got 
the targeting your marketing campaigns. That's right. Get that marketing campaign targeted to to the females 18 to 21 who use this particular makeup, who have a cat. um, So we advertise that it is X, Y, and Z. You know, you know how it goes, and you just really precise it. Um, but if you look back, you, we've got AI on our computers. We're using AI in our Zoom meeting now in different forms. Well, I've got a blurred background. So somehow it's, there's the AI picking up that I've got a microphone in front of me. Yeah. I'm in the middle and the background has got yeah, blurred. Isn't that, isn't that fantastic? And that's fascinating. I never thought about that. I've always thought about it. It would just, you know, have two planes, but it's actually got three planes now. Yeah. So if it I come forward. You are there. Yeah. No, it doesn't that's, even work. Yeah. There we go. If I put my hand crazy. on the microphone, you yeah. can see the microphone. Now that's crazy. Yeah. So that's AI. That's yeah. a form of AI and working on uh, through Zoom, I think it is. I think that's the yeah. Zoom part of AI rather than the camera because I'm using a Logi camera that has AI built into it yeah, to do right. different things. But this is all Zoom that's working through. Unbelievable. And Michael, any it, thoughts on, on that? On For business, I mean, it, it we're using a bit, we're using it a lot in analytics as well. So it's not just around marketing, but, you know, understanding and forecasting based on numbers that you've done in the past and numbers in similar industries. If you give, if you give enough information, the models from machine learning can actually give you quite accurate results for the future, depending on different things. Um, and obviously we, we use, you know, we, we use this in, in terms of um, helping companies to, budget to uh, do project management is another one, you know, be, being able to determine yep. the potential risks and things like that that are coming up and therefore allocate enough time for things to happen. Yep. You know, sure. A good project manager can do that with a, with a couple of good guesses, but um, a machine learning algorithm can actually come around and go, well, here's the last 15 projects and here's how they worked. Plus here's some industry information and here's what, the forecast looks like for the next 12 months. So it's more likely that this project will cost 8 million rather than 2 million. Wow-y. So, you know, yeah, I think that that's going to be really out for these reasons. And, you know, this yeah. is also coming in the world and prices of this are going to change and yeah. it'll just and, forecast all this stuff. And it, it, as long as it's giving us those reasons, it, it, you know, it, it make, it will make sense to us and we'll be able to use them as tools to assist our decision-making. I don't ever, I, really don't want to see computers or technology being the decision makers yeah. um, to, to that degree. But I think assisting in decision-making is really important. Yeah. I think that's but a really think, good point. Yeah. That's a really I think good point. They are, they are making our decisions. We go onto a website and ask for a bank loan or we go and ask for ins- life insurance. The decisions are being made by AI capabilities now around us. Um, before, but, long before they get to a human. Yeah, they're 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 knocking off the the um the low hanging fruit. So, mm-hmm. and it, you know, if you go for a loan and it can see that you've defaulted on your last three loans, it, well, no, disqualify. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. But it's interesting to look at how the algorithms are happening at a, a government level because of COVID. Mm-hmm. There's been a mass scramble to try and bring get data. For the last two years, because all of a sudden, our traveling industry, our income, our way of working, our how long do you spend at home? How long do you spend traveling? Where do you live? Yeah. Um, is all changing. Yeah. Because mm. if our we go into re- totally changed in the last two that's years. That's right. So that changes how government are looking at, at, at the way they spend money. Um, and remote working is something that is changing all of us. There are so many people now who realize that I can actually do my work from the back of a camera, a caravan out the back of Gundawindi yeah. in the middle of nut, uh, whoop, whoop. And as long as I do my work, my boss is happy. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And on the flip side of that, bosses are seeing productivity is increasing, expenses are decreasing, and the work life balance is altering. And that's a really, really fine thing to say until we look at lockdown and how that worked with individuals, which is what Michael mm. was touching on earlier. And that social interaction, the, um, the lack of hugs, 
as I call it, yeah. that one-on-one -on -one people time where you go out with a person and you talk to a human yeah. um, is, is causing pain. Definitely. Mm. And also, even things like homeschooling and having, you know, your whole family at home, people can't focus. They, they don't have time to really be productive with their work because they've got so many distractions. Yep. And they've got to do all these other prep. So that's becoming tricky in lockdown. And not everyone has an office. That's right. Oh. You know, some people are having to work from their kitchen table yep. with three, three screaming kids running around and a dog and, you know, and they're, they're grumpy, their partner's grumpy, their kids are grumpy yep. and it's just, you know, and for some people it doesn't work. Yeah. Oh, computer just won't work today. Yeah. And mm. then everybody's uh, competing for bandwidth. You got yep. three yeah. devices, the kids yep. have got three devices, the, yep. the wife's in the bedroom, her work, the husband's in the lounge room or the kitchen doing his work. And everybody's uh, on I have computer. I have been in the office for the last few days and we've been streaming the Olympics. So we've all been competing for bandwidth. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. But let's talk about remote work then, you know, because it's a topic that's fascinating as well over the last few years. And obviously, you know, passion for both of you as well. Where do you see it really working and where do you think it still, you know, needs to be developed or we need to think about how it you know, we might be able to tweak it in in some way? I think remote, from my point of view, remote, Michael and I have done remote working since the year dot, I think. Yep. But um, looking the, as people have moved into this, 11 and 12-year-olds, just works, just happens. Yeah. It's just normal now. They, they're digital you know? natives. They understand. Really? How, how, is that? how did you just do that? Yep. How did you just make that happen? Yep. I've got no idea. Yep. But, you know, it's working. I'll leave you alone. Yep. And so that remote schooling and when it works, it works. And when it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, teachers have started to understand that links, sending children links, some of them work and some of them don't. So they've had to understand that the bandwidth links start slowing them down. Uh -huh. But um, this week I had a, a board meeting with um, people from Italy, Germany, UK and Australia. Wow. And normally we would have all been in one country, would have all been around a table at this time, and the hardest thing it was was to remember to unmute yourself yeah. so that you could <laughs> respond, and you end up by staying going. <laughs> and someone goes, "You're on mute, David. David. Yeah. David. You're on mute. mute David. Yourself. You're on mute." Yeah. <laughs> so true. But even from that point of view, the amount of money it has saved organisations in conferences and travelling and meetings. You know, and even just people won't even be bothered anymore taking a plane for, for an hour meeting. Who could be bothered? Just jump on Zoom in your pajamas. Yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. <laughs> and and, and, and the, the downside of that, I mean, we used to spend around 16000 a year on travel. Um, obviously, I've got teams in Vietnam and the Philippines. So it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of people to keep up with. And it, it's a big cost to travel. But I, I think that it was beneficial to yeah. be you know, with these, with the people that I work with daily, daily at least once or twice a year yeah. where I could have one-on-one -on -one time with, with each of them and, you know, get to know each other in a, in a different way than just this guy on the other side of the webcam. Yeah. Okay. And this last 18 months, I haven't obviously not been able to travel over there and the, the distance it's not so much the distance is growing, but the, the, there is a difference in the way that we work with each other now. And that, that has, it's not sad and it's not great. Um, but it's, it's just different and I, I'm not comfortable with it entirely. So, right. so you think there's a bit of a hybrid. That's probably the, there is a hybrid, I think beneficial yeah. for your organization, but, but those one hour meetings that David mentioned, you know, you should never jump on a plane for a one hour meeting. Oh, I agree. It's crazy. I don't believe that's, but yeah. um, the things that I'm missing, so, I, I, you know, right now I can't get to my major contract, which is in, in another city. And um, the things that I miss are the things that happen pre and post the Zoom meeting or right. the video conferencing uh, meeting. Yeah. It's right. the, oh, why don't we just go and grab a cup of coffee? Yep. And while you're having that cup of coffee, oh, did I tell you that Joe's just about to leave? Yep. Oh, yeah. So all that uh, and we're going to have a insights. minister change and we're going to have this change and, and we really need to look at, oh, I think we need to talk about this. And the, but 
I, I can't tell you on the Zoom meeting because it's all confidential at the moment. Yeah. Yep. They're it's the things I'm missing. Yeah. It's those little insights that, that almost mm. happen also because of the fact that your behavior is more relaxed and subconscious rather than in a meeting and you're, you know, there's an agenda and everybody's, you have to get through this and this and this, but then you forget yeah. all those little nuances that are so important to what you do day to day. It's the water so, cooler chat. Yeah. 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 So yeah. what I've found and what I'm doing a lot of now is I have the video conferencing and then I have text water cooler chats, okay. little texts that just, you know, how are you today? And they just bounce off. And I, I have these sets going with the, the team members and outside team members yeah. in the business all the time. And it's really interesting how people are willing to say, oh, did you know Jim's leaving in a text, but they won't tell you on a video conference. Yeah. And that, that brings up another interesting point is say you're doing that with different WhatsApp groups. You've got to be very careful not to type <laughs> the wrong thing in the wrong group. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I think we've all done that. Yeah. Yes. So that's, you've got to be so careful with this stuff. Yeah. I think Michael and I, I think Michael will remember me having to bring an exchange server down once upon a time <laughs> because a CEO um, had sent an email to a, the wrong group. The wrong yeah. group. So, you know, it, that's the Instead danger. of an individual person. It's, a, it's really a double, all this stuff is a double-edged sword. Yeah. It's amazing, but there's so many things you have to think about and, I suppose that's why at the end of the day, we need human beings to still be, to remain in some form of control. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, the, the, the WhatsApp group thing is quite, is funny, but it, it is, you know, it does happen every day. Someone yeah. sends a wrong message to a group. Oh, sure. I've, I, I know it's not possible in all industries, but in the tech industry, it's, we're taught, I think to be transparent with every everything. So if you yeah. send something to the wrong group, it's like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to send that here. Yeah. And they probably knew it anyway. So it's <laughs> it's right. not, you know, you don't keep secrets from one, you don't divide and conquer, you, you know, you you be transparent and bring everyone together. But I know that that doesn't work in every industry. So it's hard. Yeah. And, and it also depends on the message. If you're saying to the wrong person, if you're sending a message to David, the fact yeah. that David's about to leave, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're in yeah, trouble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah or you know we get every now and then we get the wrong message sent to our neighborhood security group you know oh, yep. did, did you hear did you hear did you hear james going down the road at 100 miles an hour yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh well do you want us to send the security there oh uh oh whoops wrong group <laughs> crazy stuff crazy stuff well, guys, during these yeah. times of remote working we just need to remember the health um of yeah. all the individuals that we're working with and if i can just do a quick plug for beyond blue um, if you're looking at any issues from a health, from a mental health, or if you just want to have a talk with someone who is going to be completely unbiased, give Beyond Blue a call on 1300 22 46 36. Uh, it's 1300 22 46 36. Beautiful, beautiful. I think yeah. it's really, really mental important health, to yeah. get out, do a bit of exercise, go for a little walk, just, just break the monotony in some way yeah. from your day to day just to get out from in front of your Zoom or your computer and out of, from your four walls, just to get a bit of sanity. Yeah. I agree. And, you know, the, the, the level of stress, mental stress that people are under at the moment, especially with lockdown, you know, uh, Sydney's in another month of lockdown. Yeah. My team in Vietnam have been probably locked down for about eight weeks. Um, we've got people who are in in the philippines where we have another team there's been people in hospital that we've known with they've had family die you know we're we are lucky here in australia and not a lot of people understand how stressful it is outside of here um you know we 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 are kind of precious about that as well when we need to keep that i think so definitely yeah. yeah definitely well done well, guys, let's chat a bit more about your podcast so everybody can uh, find you and follow you. And, you know, what's your podcast, Nerds Out of Water, in essence, all about? Yeah, um, so I started Nerds Out of Water with the idea. I, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a nerd, and sometimes I don't talk to enough people who aren't nerds. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it, it's funny because that's not really true, but that's how it feels to me. And when I, when I thought it started thinking about this, it was like, it'd be great to talk to people outside of my industry who do different things. So, you know, I can get different ideas and um, 
you know, David and I started looking into this and making, making plans to how, for how it might work. And David was one of the first people on the podcast. And <laughs> we, we keep saying that the only, the only person who hasn't been a guest on our podcast is me. So, <laughs> oh, so that's how it happened. So you started the podcast, David was your first guest. And then, you and then we went on together. from there because it seemed to work. Yeah. So oh, we, Love it. we're, um, yeah, it, it's more about the business side of technology. And while we do get into depth on some of the technology sides of things, it, it really, we try to stay on the business side of things and how that's going to affect the world or how it's going to affect the business or, you know, how we can use that to improve business. And we've had some really interesting guests, um, along the way and you know um everyone from project managers and and uh technical people to through to people who run uh neon light companies and yeah. food companies so yeah it's it's really interesting fantastic and you sound like you guys really enjoy it as well it's oh, a lot yeah. of fun yeah podcasting is a lot of fun i must admit <laughs> well done and and uh, to contact us um you can either yes. go to nerds out of water com you can find us on youtube or any of your favorite downloads podcast podcasting platforms, platforms. <laughs> that's what i meant i'm yeah. a techo podcasting platforms and at the moment it's only audio isn't it but you think it you're is, gonna get yes. into video pretty soon yeah because yeah. i keep pushing for the video but michael keeps pushing back there's only one with video on it i think that was yeah. mine <laughs> it's because i have to brush my hair when i do it that's right. We've got to get, yeah, a nice, get a nice background like uh, David and you're, you're in business. Yeah. AI can sort everything out. <laughs> but if you wanted to contact us outside of Nerds Out of Water, uh, you can contact me at david.camus at onebrightcloud.com.au. And cool. for me, it's better to go on Twitter at Michael Lobb, at Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-L-O-B-B. Ah, so Twitter. So you're, you're big on Twitter, eh? Uh, I do a lot of communication on Twitter. I don't necessarily broadcast publicly a lot, but Twitter is probably the the place where I make first contact with a lot of people. So wow, okay, yeah. fantastic. It's I'm a LinkedIn person. I don't person. really jump on Twitter as much anymore, but yeah, and, and it's true. Like not a lot of people. Uh, sorry, it, it. I won't say not a lot of people, but Twitter did for a little while become strangled with bots just yeah. blasting out marketing, but they've they're getting better at tackling that. There's a lot of technical people on Twitter. There's a lot of cybersecurity stuff on Twitter. Um, a lot of stuff that I love following is, you know, I'll only see on Twitter, Facebook. I just don't, just don't do much anymore because it's, you know, I, I talk to my mom on Facebook. That's about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then LinkedIn, I use professionally. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm getting, I, I had a bit of a, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this, but I had a bit of a, I dumped link, dumped LinkedIn for a couple of months because all I was getting was people broke up. You broke up with LinkedIn, broke up, I broke up because it was like, you know, <laughs> every day I'd come in and there'd be 15 new, new requests from people who I was actually would, would think I'd be interested in, but they were bots or they were sales. And yeah. it's like, that's disappointing. You know, I, you know, you talk to them and you say, Hey, look, I'm really interested in what you're doing with this thing. And then suddenly it's like copy paste, you know, oh, we're in the same industry. I'd be interested to know if you'd like a five minute phone call about uh, this, blah, blah, reject, blah. And you're like, oh, reject, okay, reject. Uh, and I agree with you. I get the same thing all the time. And, you know, yeah. my philosophy really is, you know, LinkedIn is a fantastic platform. It's one of the best, mm. but you have to use it properly. Yeah, yeah. And I if you do exactly what you what you've just mentioned, you're yeah. just ruining every chance you have of building relationships. I had a good conversation with a um a, a colleague on an accelerator course and he's given me a lot of tips around that. So you you might see me a little bit more on LinkedIn lately. Yeah, like LinkedIn. Well, on the other hand, my I, I use LinkedIn all the time. LinkedIn is my platform of choice from a consulting point of view yeah. and I get I uh, get, I speak to people around the globe on LinkedIn yeah. who are like-minded. I do a lot of rejects. Oh, we should have the five minute. I can give you more business. I can, I can reject, 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 yeah. reject. But you have to find the right people. And I've, I've used LinkedIn a lot and got business out of it. So I, I, I like LinkedIn as a platform. Yeah, so do I. LinkedIn is probably my favorite platform as well. I think if you really 
take the time to put out good content that's educational and insightful and informative, builds trust around what you do and who you are. The right people will come to you. And even if you want to eventually approach them a month or two months later, after yeah. giving them so much information, then they'll be likely to say, oh, you know what, let's have a chat. Well, no, thank you. Rather than just doing it automatically when you press connect, it's just ridiculous. That, yeah, that, I just think press that, connect that's and rude. All, of, all of a sudden, boom, the, text, the message comes through. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, it, it, I, I've experimented different ways. I've said, one of them, I said, I've got five minutes right now. Yeah. You want to call? <laughs> and didn't hear back. So <laughs> that was a bot. It was Some a bot. Kind of automated message. But for sales, um, for, you know, for the small sales websites that I have around the place, yeah. um, non-consulting, so these are for, for, for private sales, um, Facebook. Facebook's yeah, just okay. amazing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And from an ad point of view, like, you know, the ads, for example, LinkedIn um, advertising is becoming more and more um, widespread, but it is quite expensive. It's expensive, isn't it? Compared yeah. to Facebook and Instagram advertising, where you can get in front of a lot of people five dollars a day yep yep so you can really get some really good traction particularly with your warmer audience or the, you know your own page in a way or your own group for five dollars a day whereas on linkedin that won't even touch the sites yep and then it annoys me when i'm playing scrabble and my advert comes up on my scrabble who's oh, <laughs> right. these bloody idiots <laughs> yeah i'm posting something and all of a sudden you want to appear on a podcast oh, oh darren go away Teddy yeah. bears by bearsandgifts.com.au. Did I say bearsandgifts.com.au? Yes. Yeah. Oh, you, you're doing the plugs today, aren't you, David? Uh, turn you into a voiceover artist. I think you're going to have to charge him, Darren. Oh, absolutely. Well, gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. You know, really had a great chat. I think we covered some really good ground and some insightful, um, you know, information and stuff about AI and technology, which, you know, was total news to me. So uh, if anybody's interested in learning more, speak to David or Michael. They're a wealth of knowledge in, in all these areas. And, or speak uh, to Darren and we'll all come on and we'll have another conversation yeah, we'll online. Fireside chat. Nice. Absolutely. So uh, guys, before I finish, I always like to give everybody or my guests in particular the last say. So any, any thoughts you want to leave us with at all? We'll start with you, David, and then we'll go to Michael. Any thoughts oh, at all well, about- We've spoken about autonomous cars. Yep. I think the next era, and I've said this to Michael, are going to be your autonomous flying taxis. That's what's coming in over Almost the like next the five years. Remember the Jetsons? And the Jetsons, that's right. Oh, and the yeah. city hubs will be expanding into the suburbs and you'll be flying for 100 kilometres now into a business hub rather than into a city hub. Oh my that's my God. prediction for All five right. to ten years. There you go. I'm going to hold you to that. Michael? I don't have any predictions, but I just hope everyone can continue to be nice to each other and uh, we can all live a happy and harmonious life in this world. Be nice yeah, be nice what a great way to finish the show. Absolutely brilliant. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, let's do it again. I think it was so much fun and the audience will love it. So everyone out there, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And we'll see you very, very soon for another episode of Playing With Perspective. The Suspended Animation Podcast. Bye for now.